Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of State of the Art. I'm your host, Andrew Herman. And if this is your first time here, let me tell you a little bit about what we're doing. We're talking about art technology and the intersection between them. But mostly, we want to talk about why you should care about this stuff. I've been on both sides of this coin as a startup founder, an engineer, a creative, and I'm just fascinated by the world where art and technology overlap. So I'll be talking to artists, collectors, CEOs, and founders, anybody who has any perspective on this world I want to talk to. Social media is taking over our lives. We all know it. And the art world isn't any different. Museums, galleries, exhibitions, art venues, they're all feeling this pressure to become more insta-worthy. In fact, in 2017, participants in a study by CultureTrack said they would much rather be entertained than educated and that the majority of them prefer social interactions as opposed to quiet reflection when they attend cultural events like exhibitions. That's why this month we're speaking with the minds behind some of the most noteworthy, grammable exhibitions, museums, and venues. This week, we're talking about 29 Rooms. If you haven't heard of 29 Rooms, let me first step back and tell you about something else called Refinery29. Refinery29 is one of the most popular lifestyle blogs on the planet for millennial-minded women, It features everything from fashion and makeup to professional development. But being primarily an online brand, 29 Rooms actually grew out of a desire for Refinery29 to exist culturally and creatively in the real world. What exactly does that mean? Well, 29 Rooms is a creative experience with, as you could probably guess, 29 different rooms in it. Each room is a different experience. They range from bright, bold, fun experiences that are begging to be put into your Instagram timeline, really deeply introspective, quiet, private experiences that ask you to step out of your technology and back into yourself. Because of the shareable nature of 29 Rooms experiences, they've been lumped in under the label of selfie palaces. But does that capture what they really are? Today, I'm going to talk with co-founder and creative director Albie Houston about that, as well as their focus on political and social issues and activism, why social media isn't always evil, why sometimes technology is a little bit evil, and why audiences are so hungry for these creative experiences right now. So let's dive in. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of State of the Art. We love having you as always. And uh, as as listeners know, the theme of this month has been um, selfie palaces and these new sort of n- new generation of uh, art venues that are really focusing on experiences. Um, and today we're lucky enough to have Albie Houston from 29 Rooms um, to to share his thoughts about uh, sort of this topic in 29 Rooms. Albie, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. So awesome to have you. Thank you so much for being here today. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Um, so I, I think, you know, to kind of kick off, why don't you, uh, if you don't mind, kind of give the listeners a little bit of an idea of what 29 Rooms is sort of from your perspective? Yeah, totally. Um, so we launched the first 29 Rooms in September of 2015, and it was celebrating Refinery 29's uh, 10th anniversary as a way to bring our brand to life in the real world and quite literally immerse people in our content. Um, And it really started as a thought of giving a gift back to our audience and the creative community that has supported us and been such a big part of our growth for for those many years. Um, And 
we really first led with an insight around Fashion Week and that mostly all of our audience felt it was not accessible to them. So what we wanted to do is disrupt that exclusivity and we had this idea of creating 29 distinct experiences. And funnily enough, that idea was inspired by actually our original website, um, which was our first website in, in 2005, um, which looked like a mall map. It's the best way to describe it. And it actually had <laughs> 29 different rooms, uh, but it was featuring uh, different designers because 29 rooms really started as a local um, style guide uh, for New York City. So there was like designers such as Alexander Wang and uh, Rachel Comey, um, you know, really kind of emerging designers. And obviously over the years, uh, Refinery29 grew. Um, it's, you know, a, we're now the number one destination for millennial women. Um, we are, you know, a, a media brand, an entertainment brand. Uh, for women to see, feel, and claim their power. And the topics that we explore have obviously diversified and, and uh, um, over the years. Um, so, you know, now we obviously speak about politics and sex and wellness and body t positivity, um, style, fashion. So it really has kind of evolved over the years. So the idea uh, was, you know, kind of right in front of us. And, you know, we thought, oh, well, why don't we raise those walls and create spaces that are informed by our content and use this as an opportunity to collaborate um, with creative visionaries um, in our first year, such as Petra Collins and Solange, um, to bring really important stories to life and invite our audience to create their own content um and you know we went to this warehouse um in uh greenpoint in brooklyn and, and it actually had 29 rooms it was kind of crazy uh, <laughs> serendipitous <laughs> yeah and uh piera who's um you know my my kind of creative partner in crime has been from the beginning she's the co-founder of, of refining 29 um and you know, her and I kind of went walked into this space and we're like, oh my God, this is like, this is really weird, but amazing. Predestined, meant <laughs> yeah, to be. Yeah, I know. And uh, so we, um, you know, we were like, wow, let, let's take over this space. So it kind of like all the stars aligned and, you know, doing an event in kind of a crumbling warehouse is a really difficult and B can be dangerous, but we made it work <laughs> and, you know, we, it was it was a very ambitious project and you know there were moments where we were like we're not sure if this is going to work like you know obviously when you're when you're doing something so kind of innovative and uh, big as well um you really don't know what to expect and you know for us big back then was like you know the space that we first had was could really only hold 150 people and, you know, we launched with an opening night event, but then we had two days open to the public and we thought, you know, oh, we hope people come, you know, um, we didn't have a huge capacity. Um, and then we opened doors that first day and the response was just overwhelmingly positive. Um, and we had like thousands and thousands of people descend upon this warehouse, um, you know, to come to 29 rooms and you know you know we 
back back then you know we kind of like we're talking to the to the to the people outside and like you know we were so excited about like you know obviously because they were they had to line up for quite a long time and it started as a free event as well and all every person i spoke to said how it was well worth the wait and one quote that actually kind of um really stuck with me is that it it from a from a girl that went through was that the experience kind of made her made her feel like she needed a dream bigger and you know and other people mm. said it made them feel more creative um so it was a really clarifying and affirmative moment that you know we're like wow we're we're onto something here and you know for us you know we just had so many people saying how inspired they were by the journey of going through this experience, um, you know, whether it was them experiencing a guided meditation uh, about body confidence in front of distorted mirrors or going through a print-on-print maze and putting on different pattern capes um, to kind of as a visual expression of art and style, you know, we just offered all of these different moments. And now today, 29 Rooms has become a vibrant community where culture, creativity, and imagination are unlocked and celebrated year after year. Um, so, yeah. What? So, I mean, you guys were really like at the beginning, you know, the, we're seeing more of these sort of experiential art venues pop up, right? But you guys were really um, sort of at the very beginning of this. What was the pattern that you were trying to follow or what was kind of your guiding light for what that experience was going to be and how has that changed over the last few years? Yeah. Um, I mean, for, for us at 29 Rooms, it, it really is our mission to shed light on important topics and issues and the independent voices that R29 embraces and celebrates every day. Um, so for, you know, it, we, we usually have a theme that kind of anchors the experience um, over the years that has gone from uh, power power of the people to turn it into art to our last year's theme, expand your reality. And that kind of really um, just anchors all of the room uh, kind of concepts and narratives that we're, that we're really trying to tell in the room. Um, and for us, you know, whether it's from gender equality to writing a letter to your inner child, um, we really collaborate with talent who have a story to tell and will open the hearts and minds of our audience. Um, and it really is like a big puzzle. Um, I think for us, you know, we really want to create both moments of interaction and introspection. And, you know, I think that's a really big differentiator, um, with 29 rooms is, you know, in, in our curation and how we really, really focus on the experience and what that takeaway is, the emotional takeaway, um, the call to action that we that we have in the experiences, um, whether that's kind of, you know, writing a postcard to your local representative with the Women's March, or, you know, turning yourself into an actual piece of painted art, uh, picking up a paintbrush for the first time since you were a kid and you know, collaborating with an artist in our artist in residence space. So for us, you know, we are always kind of driven by our values of imagination, inclusivity, impact, and individuality to kind of create these, um, create these experiences uh, that 
are just very thoughtful and meaningful for our audience. And, you know, again, focus on topics that resonate with our audience and their core values. So what, uh, let's talk about your audience for a second. I know that, that, um, you know, you guys, obviously what I keep hearing is, um, millennial women. Um, but Mm -hmm. who else, who else is responding to this? Yeah, I think, um, you know, our audience, you know, Refinery29's audience is, is, you know, made up of mostly millennial minded women and Gen Z. Um, that's kind of our core. Uh, for 29 Rooms, interestingly, we do see uh, more diversity in, in those attending. Um, you know, it's definitely more on skewed on the, on the female side, but, you know, we do have a lot of males coming and also transgender, non-binary um, uh, communities as well. So it really is diverse. And I think for us, um, you know, we, and something, you know, I really pride myself on with this event is our focus. And, and you know, each year it's like, we ask ourselves, how are we using this event to elevate underrepresented voices within the experience? And, you know, I think that inclusivity is at the forefront of everything we do at R29 as well and, and continues to be woven uh, through the 29 Rooms experience. Um, you know, we partner with Planned Parenthood, the Trans Chorus of LA, the Women's March, um, and various uh, artists and creators who kind of are representative of their communities um and for us you know we create this stage of self-expression but also one of activism that really invites our audience to get involved with the issues that face our world today um i think you know the people that are coming through the doors of 29 rooms is just representative of the issues and topics that we touch on within the experience hmm. when and when you kind of look at, you know, the, the art world kind of has this spectrum of audience. Well, I mean, it has plenty of spectra, right? Yeah. Um, but specifically with respect to audience, you know, you have um, on one end kind of the uh, very um, sort of art world canon um, who are looking for very specific things out of their artwork. Um, and and kind of on the other end, you know, you have you have a more general audience that tends to look at um, creative experiences Mm. um, as much as entertainment as it is maybe cultural or spiritual or anything Mm. else. Mm. Um, Where do you, are you finding your audience kind of lies everywhere on that spectrum or does it kind of cluster somewhere? I think, I think the beauty of 29 rooms is it's kind of, hard to define in some way we call it our immersive world of cause culture and creativity um you know we never call ourselves a museum we're not a museum um and you know it really we like to kind of create this kind of mishmash of of different types of experiences um you know and you know we do work with amazing artists and and create experiences that you know i i think could be in in some amazing museums themselves but you know we also pair that with a theatrical experience where you can dance with uh drag queens and and performers from the house of yes and you know and uh, you know really kind of express yourself in new ways with them so i think you know 
I think for, for me, art has really often been associated with like cultural elitism. And, and I think, you know, we create this immersive experience that really is so accessible um, to our audience and it really is built for them. Um, you know, for us, it, we listen to our audience. We, we hear a lot from them that they want to connect with one another more. And, you know, that kind of led us this year, for example, to creating more experiences that, you know, were phone free, for example, and allow people to interact with one another in the room, um, or, you know, have a healing experience, um, by themselves without the disruption of, of phones. So I think, you know, for us, it really is about kind of, um, it's like a balancing act, you know, um, I think for us, we, you know, like to look at different, uh, parts of art and pop culture, um, from theater to film, um, to beautiful art installations and create 29 rooms that kind of is, captures the culture zeitgeist in a way that people can touch, sense, smell, feel. Um, and I think in this, in the world today, you know, in, in our highly technological world, you know, we're connected more than ever, but we're also disconnected. And I, we hear that a lot from our audience. And for us, you know, it, I think we take such care with how we're crafting these experiences to ensure that people are truly truly feeling and there is an emotional takeaway from everything that we're doing so uh, this is what's so exciting to, yeah. to me personally and and i want to talk about this a little bit more because again obviously the theme this month is is around these selfie palaces and sort of the debate around you know anytime you introduce anything new into the art world there's debates around authenticity and realness yeah. and credibility and all this stuff right yeah um but but what i want to dig in with you is you know um Clearly, it's important to you guys to have real authentic experiences. Mm. Um, and, you know, something I want to highlight in case someone didn't just catch it from what you were just talking about is that you actually have very specific experiences um, where you ask users to, to what, check the phone at the door, or just not touch it. Just not um, touch it. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> just exclude it. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that you're excluding that from the experience. But at the same time, I know that you guys don't necessarily shy away from um, from the use of social media and, mm. and embracing that to a certain extent, too. So how are you guys finding your balance when you talk about this sort of um, intrusivity yeah. of technology? How are you guys reconciling this with your experiences? Yeah, and I think that's a really good question. And, you know, I think for us, it's you know, we've taken time to navigate that. And that has been driven by a lot of the feedback that we got from our audience. Um, and I think there is a lot of judgment thrown around about selfie culture, especially in the media. And, you know, this narrative that's really focused on this, you know, millennials and Gen Z and their vapid nature as it pertains <laughs> to social media. Um, but for us, at 29 Rooms, we aren't a place to judge. And this is a safe place built for our audience. And we know that they value the ability to capture beautiful imagery and videos in us in our space um, that not only resonates with them 
you know, in real time within the walls of 29 rooms, but also in the outside world um, because of the topics and issues that we touch on within the experience. Um, you know, for example, during the midterm elections, we saw a spike in people sharing um, imagery from our that today. Um, and we, you know, created this actual newsstand where people could hold up newspapers saying, you know, um, saying like education for all and these very big, bold statements, um, diversity in the arts now, you know, and it kind of was this experience that obviously had, you know, a big activist um, streak through it. And there was also a call to action. People could actually uh, register to vote in an ATM at the room, uh, which was super <laughs> fun. Um, uh, and we actually renamed it RTV instead of ATM. <laughs> um, and, you know, we saw a spike in people sharing imagery around that or from our room that we did with the Women's March last year. Um, you know, around National Coming Out Day and Pride, we see a spike in people sharing images from rooms from past years, such as our Love is Love room or um, the room that we uh, did, did about gender equality and, and gen gender bathroom laws, which obviously was a very charged topic, and it still is. Um, and we created a gender neutral bathroom that, you know, we kind of created these beautiful illustrations of LGBTQ plus um, icons and heroes throughout the ages with uh, an artist called Xavier Shapani. And it was a bathroom. Uh, and people could also listen to stories um, from different uh, people that, you know, identify with different genders of their stories um, and, and that what that exploration was for them. Um, and they listened to that on headphones sitting on the actual, in the cubicles. It wasn't a working toilet, by the way. <laughs> uh, we had a few people that thought it was. Um, but it looked like that. Um, and, you know, for us, again, that, you know, those those experiences we're seeing, you know, again and again shared through on social media um, because it's giving our audience the opportunity to share an opinion, you know, really stand up at, through a visual, a strong visual, which, you know, let's face it, that's where our world is today. You know, we're living in the world now, which is communicating purely through imagery. And, you know, we like to give our audience the tools to effectively communicate the, their core values and beliefs. Um, but then on the flip side, and especially for this year, um, you know, we are living in a charged time and we wanted to create um, spaces at 29 Rooms that allowed for deep reflection and, you know, contemplative spaces, essentially, um, and spaces that really allowed for people to connect with one another, because that's another, you know, piece of feedback that we heard. And so we decided that we wanted to create uh, a, quite a big chunk of the rooms uh, where we were discouraging users from using their phone. And there was a big symbol at the entrance. And we also had staff that discouraged people from taking out their phones. That's not to say people <laughs> went against the rules and, and maybe took one <laughs> or two, but for the most part, people did adhere to them because they really wanted to have that experience. So you know, we created uh, an ASMR tunnel with um, 
the ASMR specialist at Whisper Lodge and, you know, you were blindfolded, you went through this sensory tunnel, there was a recording on those headphones and it completely transported you to another world. And it was all about really kind of being present and being in the moment and, you know, nature being our biggest teacher. And, you know, people came out of that experience just, you know, it was they were blown away and you know throughout that sensory tunnel you were there was mist there was heat so it was kind of really emulating uh real life sensations in nature and you know we had this beautiful recording and, and uh guided uh kind of uh, tour with with the whisper lodge um team and you know it was so transportative for people and really kind of moved uh, our audience very deeply um and then we you know there was another experience i kind of briefly spoke about this earlier, but, you know, we created a, a room where you could write a letter to uh, your younger self. Um, and it was a room that was mm. in complete silence. Um, it's kind of tucked away within the space. Um, some people actually didn't find it. Um, it was so tucked away. And uh, we had these two beautiful sculptures that we created in collaboration, Carlotta Guerrero. Um, and, you know, that record were a child and, a, and a, an adult and they were made out of like salt and crystal and you know you went into that space it was a very simple beautiful you know room it was white and it kind of had these gorgeous reflections and in that space you could um you know write at a desk a letter to your younger self and there were truly just so many beautiful um uh, statements from people um you know and I think what like it was a really connected it was a really it was a really nice experience that connected people to one another um and when you went into this room and you just read all these letters there was just this feeling of community and shared humanity and that you're not alone in whatever you might be might be weighing you down from your childhood mm. um, so many other people are feeling the same things and, you know, people spent, I, you know, a long time in there just, you know, reading other people's letters. And it, it was really amazing to watch. All right, everybody, we wanted to take a quick break to say, hey, we hope you're loving the show. And we want to know more about who you are and what you want to hear. It helps us continue to make great content that you love. And it helps us attract advertisers so we can get paid to continue to make awesome content for you please go to sotapodcast.com slash survey to help us out. That's S-O-T-A podcast.com slash survey. Another amazing way we support the show is through our Patreon page. We've actually worked down the street for Patreon for the last six years and seen them go from an idea to a platform that has helped creators make over $300 million. The thing we know from being in the art business is that selling art is hard in part because it can be above someone's budget, or as a podcaster, you need 10,000 listeners before getting any of the ad agencies to talk to you. But that's not even always the best way to monetize. Patreon is a great way for you to connect with your fans and invite them to become members. So for any creators interested in learning more, you can actually apply to speak to a Patreon launch specialist by heading to patreon.com slash soda slash apply. That's patreon.com slash S-O-T-A slash apply. Thanks for checking us out and back to the show. What drove the decision to create these experiences that kind of encouraged the disconnect from the technology and the increased connection between people? 
Um, you know, I think, you know, I think, you know, as I said earlier, you know, technology is obviously kind of developing at such a rapid pace and, and I think it can be overwhelming for a lot of people. I think it's overwhelming for me and I think social media in general can, you know, be kind of hard for a lot of people. And, you know, I, I wanted to really kind of ensure that we were creating spaces where that wasn't the focus. When we initially started 29 Rooms, you know, obviously, you know, for us, it was about creating these beautiful designed otherworldly spaces that, you know, were built to be shared. Um, And, you know, in our fourth year, you know, we kind of wanted to champion human connection and champion you know, that idea of like, you know, from the beginning of time, we've been telling stories around fires and we wanted to create a space where, you know, you could connect with other people in a very meaningful way um, and really step outside your comfort zone. And it kind of for us felt like a social experiment. Um, And, you know, obviously we're in the age of the Museum of X and the Museum of X and And, you know, all these shareable pop-ups that are happening around us. And, you know, we don't really take notice of that in many ways. And we just do our own thing and and listen to our audience. And, you know, I think jumping off that, you know, as well, like, you know, with the times that we're living in now, like, I think people are just craving um, that almost moments of stillness. And yeah to quiet their minds and to truly connect with themselves and other people and the world now on a very deep level. And that's really what we try to do. I think that's, you know, we're as human beings, we're inherently, we inherently crave interaction with other people. And, you know, I think obviously with technology and phones, it, you know, I think sometimes we can forget to be present. You know, that's just a, a reality of the world now. And I think for us at 29 Rooms this year, uh, this past year, it was it was very important for us to, um, you know, craft experiences that really um, allow people to disconnect for a few moments. So do you think that in the future, you'll see yourself growing more in that direction? Or do you think it's about um kind of striking the right balance between those two things yeah i think it's about striking the right balance honestly and you know i really do think that you know taking pictures uh and you know uh is part of and taking photos and and videos is is really just part of human nature as well Uh, yeah we've been doing that as well from from you know from the beginning of time or not not begin time i think the first selfie was recorded in 1839 actually <laughs> uh by a, good trivia tidbit yeah by a, a photography enthusiast called robert cornelius i think uh, but you know i think you know obviously for us it is a it is a balancing act and you know i think capturing photos of the experience and, and putting yourself in it is a way of memorializing um that moment um 
And, you know, I, I don't see any harm in that. But I do see us, you know, really kind of um, focusing a lot more as well on these experiences that allow people to disconnect yet connect at the same time um, from technology and with themselves. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think we're probably going to explore both. So, uh, and I know that this is uh, kind of putting you on the spot to possibly be a little bit contrarian, but I'm going to yeah. ask it anyways. You know, when you look at the ecosystem of all of these other, like you said, sort of museum of X, Y, and Zs that are out there and building these experiences that are very grammable, these selfie palaces, like, is that something that you guys um, are trying to not be associated with? Is it a necessary evil to you or is it something that... Um, is kind of a yes and, right? Like you're yeah. you're that and so much more. Um, I mean, I think what all of those other experiences are doing are really fun. And, you know, they kind of carve their own lane. Um, and this is obviously felt by so many that have attended. I mean, I see a lot of these other installations that are happening that focus a lot on play and letting go and, you know, I think they're experts at that. And, you know, who doesn't want to be in a pit full of ice cream sprinkles? It's ridiculously fabulous. And I think they should keep doing that. Um, you know, for us at, uh, on working on 29 Rooms, we tend to not be very concerned with other, what other people are doing. Um, we really just focus on the needs of our audience. And we've done so for the past 15 years at Refinery29. So, you know, and I think, again, like, the way we curate our experiences and, you know, really ensuring that we're crafting thoughtful narratives with strong to call to actions is really what we will continue to do year on year. Um, I think that kind of is at the heart of everything that we do. So if I was to thrust the label of selfie palace upon you, <laughs> <laughs> how would that sit with you? Um, I, 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 we're more than that. I would say definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be That's awesome. in my, uh, my response, but, um, yeah, we're, we're more than that. I would definitely say that, you know, uh, those coming through the experience will understand that. And, you know, I think it's very easy to cast a judgment based off of social media and just seeing imagery and, you know, especially with some rooms that you're not able to capture some, you know, and that's part of our strategy. Um, you know, some are just too dark. You know, we created an installation uh, this this um, this past year called Sonic um, Sanctuary, and it was in collaboration with Aaron Taylor Kofner, who's um, who works with uh, Indonesian gongs, and we created this kind of sound bath, um, and people were in there for hours, <laughs> yeah. uh, just sitting there and just kind of like bathing in this beautiful sound. So for us, it's it's. You know, we're a palace of experience. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, from from my perspective, having had some exposure now to a couple of these places, some of them are kind of uh, happy to own what they are and say, fuck it. And, and yeah. uh, you know, and like, it's, it's your problem if you don't like that. Yeah. That's what we're embracing. And a, a huge part of me um, really respects that. I think there's there's something to be said for, Hey, this works and yeah. it's giving opportunities to our artists and our audience. And, yeah. uh, that's what we're doing, but it does feel like, um, what you guys are doing is something a little bit more thoughtful and, um, 
and taking it another step further, which which uh, I really appreciate. Um, yeah. So what is what do you think is is kind of the future for you guys? I mean, what is the dream? What do you what would you hope to accomplish sort of in the art world at large? Um, you know, I think obviously going global is something that, you know, is definitely on the agenda and taking this experience to more markets as well. And maybe not just big cities, but smaller cities as well. Um, you know, I don't see why this experience couldn't be in, you know, a small town in Texas. Maybe it's a smaller version, but, you know, <laughs> I think opening it up and allowing people to, you know, inviting people to experience it from all over would be a dream. Um, and, you know, we always focus on um, collaborating with so many diverse talent and partners. Um, and over the years, we have partnered with so many uh, different creatives um, from Hillary Rodham Clinton to RuPaul. It's really kind of run the gamut of, of uh, arts and, and culture. And, you know, I think I'm excited to really expand that and partner with more amazing creatives and icons um, to truly create um, compelling experiences and visual poetry and, and moments that really move people. Um, you know, and uh, I'll give an example. At 29 Rooms LA recently, we actually did a room with Lena Waithe and it was um, a gorgeous four-part video installation documenting 40 years of activism and art in black America. Um, and we had you know, it was scored to Whitney Houston blasting the Star Spangled Banger, uh, Banner. And it was one of our most deeply moving experiences to date that really followed decades of black history and excellence in America through the eyes of activists, heroes and artists. And, you know, that obviously was a very thought provoking experience. And, uh, you know, for us, it's not we don't the future of 29 Rooms is not doing just that because we also love to create levity within 29 rooms but mm. i think you'll see us tackling bigger and bigger issues as we um as we evolve throughout the years i'll be why why do you think now is the right time for this format i mean some of these places are incorporating kind of cutting technology but not all of them mm. and like you know that artwork has been around for his and theater and presentation has been around since man has been around um, human, I should say. And uh, so why is now kind of the right time for these experiences to be picking up steam? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think, you know, I think we are living in a world where things are happening. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I think people really want to find ways that they can get involved and also be educated on issues that face our world today. And I think live experiences are and immersive experiences where you can truly, truly um, transport yourself to the core of that issue and understand it. I think we're going to see more and more of that because I think people 
really want to use these experiences as a stage for self-expression and activism, as I said earlier. So, you know, I think as we as we continue, you know, with 29 Rooms, especially like, you know, that for us is definitely going to be at the forefront of what we want to do. But, you know, I think as well, people are craving to interact with one another. They want live experiences. They want to... Um, you know, connect with strangers and and maybe other people on other sides of the world. And I think through real life experiences, you're able to do that. Um, you know, I think uh, experiential marketing as well is is blowing up, um, and brands are now seeing uh, you know experiential as a way to to really humanize their brand and uh, give their brands voices. Um, and I think. That for us is what we like to do with 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 Twenty Nine Rooms and and the artists that we collaborate with and the creators and the, the partners is is humanizing their mission and their point of view in a way that is accessible and understandable to this audience. Um, you know, I think I think it goes a longer way than sometimes reading an article. Um, I think you know just being able to immerse yourself in uh, this content. Do you think that sort of the art world at large is embracing this? Do you think they're learning lessons? Do you think do you think this is becoming sort of the the art world at large? Yeah, I think, you know, I think you're seeing a lot more um kind of institutions in in the art world, um bigger museums kind of putting on more immersive shows because they see the public demand for it. Um, obviously, Kasama is like a, kind of the icon of, of, of immersive art um, in many ways. Um, you know, she has obviously, um, I think, a permanent uh, exhibition at, at the Broad uh, Museum in L.A. Um, but, you know, I, I, I do see a consistent, um, you know, trend of, of a lot of the art world embracing this because, you know, it is, let's not forget, like, 29 rooms to invent immersive art like it's been around for a long time um and you know i just think we're in the age of experiences and you know immersiveness is what people are seeking um and you know my background is in immersive theater and that's really where i got my first taste for creating you know, experiences that are insanely detailed that you could open a drawer and discover a whole new layer of a story. Um, and, you know, there's no fourth wall. It's completely broken down between you and the actor. And then, then there's the kind of blurry lines, whether you're the protagonist and performer or not. So I think yeah. it's a beautiful interplay uh, that, that, you know, we've seen an immersive theater since that's been around and it's been around for a while. And yeah. I think now you're seeing that, you know, the lines being blurred more and, you know, um, within the art world and, you know, uh, so yeah. So I think, yes, it's going to be embraced more and more and more. And it should be, um, because I think it's just a powerful storytelling medium. Yeah. I think, I think from my perspective, what's so interesting is uh, a lot of this stuff has been around forever, but it seems to be changing um, for reasons unknown to me is the audience, right? I mean, this used to be something that um, uh, 
you kind of had to be in the art world to to get into this stuff. It could be intimidating to a general audience. Yeah. Um, and it, it seems that there has been a change in that, maybe in the way it's marketed, maybe social media has had a lot to do with that, the shareability of it. Um, but it does seem that like there's a more general audience who is hungry for this, which is yeah. very interesting to me. Yes. Well, I'll be um congratulations on the success of uh of 29 rooms it's it's awesome um hopefully any any of our listeners that can check it out i hope they do um it really is an awesome thing to be a part of also a little birdie told me that this uh you know the the idea of taking this global might be a little bit more than a pipe dream is that right yeah actually uh we um just uh partnered with img um who are really uh, giving us the resources and platform to be able to take uh, 29 rooms um, to a much bigger scale um, and bring it to more markets uh, around the world. So it's a very exciting time um, to be part of it and see kind of this little baby grow into a, a, a rock and roll teenager <laughs> uh, who's you know, about to travel the world and, you know, I feel <laughs> very proud. And also, you know, there's those feelings of like, oh no, you know, my baby's <laughs> growing up. But, you know, um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's all good, you know, and I think, um, you know, for, for, for us all here, you know, just being able to share this experience with more people uh, when we boil it down is, is really just such an amazing thing and and we're just very excited about that yeah well congratulations on the success congratulations on the partnership it sounds amazing Thank how you. can how can our listeners kind of stay tuned give you their money be a part of it <laughs> <laughs> how can people connect um yeah you could uh stay um up to date on uh 29 rooms instagram um which is just 29 rooms there's also 29 rooms.com and also refinery29.com. So um, there's lots of ways to kind of keep updated on the event. Um, uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. All the continued success in the world. We're big fans. And uh, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. As always, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of State of the Art. Thank you so much for Albie for his time. And uh, I hope you guys track 29 Rooms. They're doing some really cool stuff. All the best of luck to Albie. It seems like they're expanding and will probably do so quickly. So hopefully 29 Rooms is coming to a city near you soon. And if you like this episode, if you like what we're doing here at State of the Art, please rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts, iTunes, wherever. Five-star reviews are always the best. Uh, but that is the most, the most helpful thing you can do for us to help us grow and find other awesome listeners like yourselves. So thank you so much. This has been State of the Art.